Wayne Gretzky, the greatest uh, hockey player of all time, talked about how he would anticipate where the puck was going, not skate to where it was. But so he anticipated what was going to happen and reacted to the future event. And so that's kind of how I understand what you mean by proactive reactivism. You are capable of more. You are capable of achieving ambitious results professionally and leading a fulfilling personal life. We are here to guide you through the process of aligning potential, optimizing performance, and ascending to success on Aligned Life Pro. All right, everybody, Mike Gandolfo back on Aligned Life Pro. I'm joined, as always, by New York Times bestselling author Michael Lennington and the queen of performance coaching, Kristen Tabbert. Kristen, how are you? I'm great. It's a great Saturday morning. Michael, how are you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Well, I guess the cat's out of the bag. We record on Saturday mornings, and of course, we record a couple episodes kind of ahead. So we'll give some context. I guess the people so kind of like inside baseball, especially since we're recording the day after the baseball season opened up yesterday. So that tells you we're in late July for you sports fans out there, which I am a, a baseball fan. It's my favorite professional sport, by the way. And uh, my Cincinnati Reds defeated the Detroit Tigers from Michigan. Thank you. I love I it. I didn't know that. Now yeah. I do. I, this probably, I don't know, this probably won't even come out for like a month, right? This episode probably won't come out to the mid to late August. Probably not. Right, yeah. 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 That's right. So. so by then, Cincinnati will have gone on a losing streak, I'm sure. Well, so, so we'll Detroit. So there we go. <laughs> one I have to say, I'm a Cardinals fan, St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, we cannot be friends anymore. My father played for the Farm League. Oh, really? Did he play in Louisville? Yes, so no, had... no, they weren't there here yet. No, and this was a long time ago. I was a late in life baby, so I never, never had the privilege of watching him play, but I've heard the stories. Oh, there you go. So baseball's kind of in your blood too. It is. I'm like that old soul who still likes baseball and horse racing. So who, who knows? You know. Doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely not. All right, so I'm pretty excited about talking about what we're going to talk about today. Um, I like baseball too. I just so before we oh, you go, do? I have to stop. Yeah, it's great for naps. <laughs> He's taking shots. Shots fired. Okay. We're going to talk today about a topic that I think is pretty interesting. You know, I've always wanted to become a better chess player. That's it's a goal I have. I signed up for that Gary Kasparov master class trying to I haven't taken it yet, but I signed up for it. About taking uh, just becoming such a a chess mind that could kind of read their opponent and really understand like how to set an opponent up and how they're going to react and what's going to happen. And we, we started talking about this, I don't know, a couple of days ago and thought that there was something there to kind of dig deeper into this whole concept of how you're constantly being told. And we're telling our clients, we're telling our agents here, and I'm sure Kristen's telling her coaching clients that you got to be proactive and not reactive, right? Take control, be proactive, not reactive. But there's proactive reactivism. Reactivism. Yes. If that's a proactive word. Proactive reactivism. Kristen. It's two words, actually, Mike. It is. Okay, a phrase. We're coining, we're coining a phrase. Yeah, I think it's a concept that people might unconsciously have a feeling about, but it's not a word they've ever heard. They've never been conscious of it or what they do with that feeling that they may or may not be aware of what they have. It's an oxymoron. Proactive, reactive, together, right? Yes, so it is. What is that? Yeah, kind of like do you. Kind of like me. <laughs> Just without the oxy, that's what you're saying. Right? <laughs> Off the rails already. Sorry, Andrew. That may be the best part of the whole show, though, guys, so be yeah. careful. So the proactive reactivism, then, you know, when you really think about how it 
it resonates. It's resonated in my life as either as a basketball coach. It's resonated in my life as a real estate broker. It's it's interesting how it it comes from the physical aspect, the mental aspect, the emotional aspect. There really is a ton that you can get out of this whole concept of proactive reactivism if you're paying attention to the trends that are in front of you and if you're making sure that you're preparing the right way. When I first heard that term, proactive reactivism, I was kind of like, slow down, professor, because I, I had, you know, it, I couldn't figure out what you were saying. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense now that I've, I've kind of ex- had the conversations with you guys. But but um, at first, I wasn't quite clear on what you meant by that. But as we started talking about examples of, of people who have that capability, um, Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, the great maybe one of the greatest uh, hockey players of all time, talked about how he would anticipate where the puck was going, not skate to where it was, but go to where it was going. And, and Bill Russell, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, talked about how he would, he would put himself where the player was going, not where the player was, right? So he, he wouldn't go to where the player was. He would go to where the player was going. And so he anticipated what was going to happen and reacted to the future event that he was anticipating was going to happen. And so that's kind of how I understand what you mean by proactive reactivism is that we, we have information in our fingertips in the moment that we can, we can take and, and then act on it. And it puts us in a position for a future thing that's going to happen. And I think that's a real powerful, powerful idea. Hey, Kristen, how's that show for you? Yeah, we met, we mentioned in a podcast, I don't know, three or four episodes back, you know, one of the data points we talked about is in our day to day life, the things that we pretend not to know. And, you know, we just go about our day. And, and I think this kind of falls into that camp as well, is if we are paying attention to those things and we become aware of, of what we know, we can be more proactively reactive to what is being thrown at us in the moment if we're paying attention to those signals. So, so how do you know what to pay attention to, guys? I mean, that's, that's the challenge for me is there's a lot of information I could, I could see, but, but what, how do I decide what I'm going to pay attention to? The, you know, so that predicts the future for me. I think it's going to be different for everybody. I think it depends on your industry. I think it depends on what you're doing. I think for me with my clients, it's paying attention to does their body language match up to what they're saying? You know, because they may be telling me what they think I want to hear, but their body language may be telling me something else that I need to pay attention to that I can help dig them in, dig into with them to help them get better. So if you're looking at somebody on the screen and Zoom, you can see the body language, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what if you're just on the phone? And before COVID hit, almost all of my coaching clients were done via phone. And so I had to really listen. I had some great listening skills, which by the way, I think has deteriorated a little bit because now I'm relying more on the visual. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gave me a little more competitive advantage. So, you know, I have to pay attention now to, am I seeing what's lining up with what I'm hearing? So, so maybe that, you know, they don't sound animated. Maybe they're, they're not carrying their end of the conversation forward. Maybe they're being quiet. What do you, are there some some specific things like you, could you, if you had to, I'm not going to ask you to do it right now, but would you be able to list a few things that, that when you, when those things happen, you know, something's happening in the conversation that you need to be more proactive with something that you to to change the direction. It's the subtle cues and and things like that in the conversation you're talking Mm -hmm. about. And I think sometimes you'll get opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, they're, they're too defensive or they're too agreeable. So as a coach, that's super important. We all can do that to some degree, but as a coach, that's, that's, that's really your lifeblood yes. in some, some ways in terms of this concept of being proactively reactive. Absolutely. I mean, Mike? Yeah, I, mean, think, I think the same thing. Well, not only that, but just even in the real estate background, which I think, I think working with a real estate client is coaching. So 
uh, I don't think there's really any difference at all. I mean, we're supplying someone with the fundamentals and helping them achieve a goal. Uh, we're just coaching them and guiding them through, through this process. And, you know, whether or not you hear those, those if you're in tune to the inflictions in their voice, uh, I, for both Kristen and I, when we get introduced to somebody, most of the times we're getting uh, someone connected to us for someone else. So the, the trust level has already got a little bit of a basis, but we still have to be invited in. So mm-hmm. part of, uh, I think, of what we do and why we do it so well it's because we're really good about listening to those voice inflictions, the body language, whatever else, and figuring out how we got to navigate around that person so that we can make that connection and so we can get invited in. Uh, because it, the coaching relationship only works if there's full transparency and trust. I can only really be someone's advisor and expert and really advocate uh, and consult them in the proper way if they let me in and there's full trust and transparency there. So you build trust by by kind of paying attention to how they're reacting and feeling, and, and then you, you kind of meet them where they are. Is that is that how one of the ways you build trust, Mike? I think that's 100% true. Like, But it's not only just meeting them where they are, but it's also helping them take the step of where this could go and letting them know that we're there with them. And it's not uh, – I, I you know, what I do in the real estate world, let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there that have had bad experiences with the real estate agent because they've been around an agent who's just chasing a transaction and just wants to get paid, and then they never see him again. And so when they deal with us, it's a little bit different. It's almost too good to be true. It's like the you get the person who's going to sit there and say, okay, when we go to sell this place, you know, we're looking at buying a place, but when we go to sell the place, this place, this is going to be a problem. You know, mm-hmm. the, when we go to sell this place, the slope of the backyard could be a problem. When we go to sell the place, you know, all whatever it might be, uh, you know, we, we and then painting the picture that we're going to be with them through this entire process, that we're not going anywhere, that, that they're more important to us than just a commission check is uh is unusual and so i think with real estate agents in, in particular there's there's always sometimes at the beginning of the relationship there's always a little bit of distrust like what is this person really after and when they we have to express that we're genuinely out for what's best for the for the person that we're working with which is unfortunate but it's just the reality of it um so in the beginning it's it's conversational where you build the trust i'm assuming that over time though your behavior aligns with that conversation and so that reinforces the trust because trust is something that's earned over time as well right but, yeah. but right away you're focused on on understanding them meeting them where they are and, and building that trust so when you go this is really interesting because i know Kristen, yep. same thing for you you go into one of these these when you're meeting somebody for the first time you're going in prepared you have you have a process you know that you want to go through and but their reaction may get you off that process i mean you may you may adapt it you may move things around or or not do some things because of how their emotional situation is in the moment or how what you know how you're reading them uh not so but much for me go ahead chris that preparation for me is going to help me react to that moment what do you mean so if i've got a process i'm following i'm prepared and they may throw a curveball at me. I may not be able to catch it, but I might be able to deflect it and save the conversation or save the moment. Or How does save... the preparation help you do that? That's a great question because I've done this for a really long time. So there's intuition okay. that comes into play into this. And then I have to have a skill set to drive from. And I've got to be able to lead them in directions or react to where they're trying to lead me. So I guess what I'm trying to do is read through the lines. It sounds like the preparation, and this is from my own experiences. So does the preparation give you the confidence to be able to be flexible? Yeah, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. Okay, so so you're more you're more flexible when you're prepared. 
would, uh, yeah. Okay. I would so you can be more probably. proactively reactive if you've got a strong clarity and pre preparation state for yes. the for the conversation. Is that true for you, Mike? I mean, if I well, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal what you said off air. So this is not my this is not my point. This is Michael's point. I just want to make sure that everyone's very clear. About In case that. it bombs, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the you know being prepared for not only the initial consultation or the initial meeting but being prepared for the entire of what that process map looks like um, allows us to be way more in tune to the person we're serving and how we're going to guide them down that path. I do not think the process changes. I think they can throw me a curveball, and I'm going to, if, if at some point, if they're not allowing me to guide them to, because I, I feel like that's why they're coming to me. They have a goal, and they're, they're coming to me because they know I have the roadmap to get them to that goal. And if they're not choosing to uh, see me as the expert that's helping mm. them guide that way, it's probably not a good fit. What's so that? you're actually executing your process better by being flexible in the moment because your process probably also includes, is this person a good fit? Is this person really in my profile? You may have done some testing up front on that. You know, you, this is what my profile looks like, but not everybody who looks like your profile is, is your profile. So you're, you're learning really quickly. Is this person even a good fit for me? Absolutely. Right? So it's a dual process. Yeah. Same with me. I have people that are referred to me that they come to me and they're trying to sell me on why I need to coach them, not why they need a coach. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to say that, that occurred to me was think about this, Michael, when we, when the, the proactive reactivism can really help us when we're dealing with clients who go through the emotional cycle of change and it's not whether they will Oh yeah. Not, good point. Yeah. They will. And yeah. they will go through it multiple times. And now that I know it's coming, I can accept it. Especially I, buying a house. I can react <laughs> yeah, to it yeah. more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've just been in the Valley of Despair because I'm looking for a house. And I'm, I've kind of set up camp down there. I've got a little little stove. and You've know, you got to get a better agent. Well, if you had a vision, <laughs> you would be able to come out the other side. <laughs> Mike, you talked about an ideal profile, right? Yeah. You figured that out beforehand. You know who your profile is. If this person shows up and isn't in that profile, right? He got through, somehow got through the screening or she got through the screening. You're, you're proactively reactive by saying, you know what? You probably might, would be better suited to work with a different realtor or something else. So you, you actually keep those problems down the road from happening with an unprofile client and an out of profile client that you know are going to happen. You're proactive at, at actually not going down that path. And by the way, so, sometimes you do that and you and you throw that out there and then you because you do that, you whatever the person had in their head about what a real estate agent is and how they're out for their own money or whatever that might be, you just completely just exploded that whole idea and just demolished it. And they're like, oh, you truly aren't like just chasing me to get a commission check because you're not going to just put up with my BS and. Mm -hmm get a check and go, you're, you're willing to say, no, this isn't really for me. And sometimes it breaks down a wall and we're able to move past it and move forward. And sometimes it is like, Hey, you know, cause I, I know my danger points. I know if someone doesn't see me as the expert and is not going to, they don't have to necessarily do exactly what I say. If you're constantly not taking my advice into consideration, it's like, well, why did you hire me? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not the cheapest one out there, you know? I'm not the guy who's just there to go open up doors so you can go inside and see a house because you, you can go pay. You can probably go find somebody who's going to rebate part of your commission or whatever else and, and open up doors for you if you're going to make every decision. You know, it, And so that's a really – it's an unhealthy relationship for me to be in, and I just I'm just choose not to do it anymore. From a coaching perspective, it's similar. You know, if you're coming to me and 
wanting me to give you answers for your business or tell you what you need to do in your business, that relationship's going to fail very quickly. Mm-hmm. Especially if for some reason, whatever I tell you to do doesn't work in your industry because I'm not the industry expert and the execution expert, then you're going to blame me. And then we're going to go back into that victim mindset again. So one way you both of you are proactively reactive is that you have, and this is an obvious statement, but this is just an example of how this works is that you have, you have an ideal profile for, for who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what that profile is. And, and so you, you will proactively keep yourselves from having all the issues that come from an out of profile client by simply paying attention up front. Does this person fit my profile? There's this, there's sort of the analytical part of that, but then there's the interpersonal part of that too. And, and you'll, you'll very quickly on, this isn't, this isn't a good fit. It isn't going to work. We have to do something different. But there are so many people that don't do that. That just, that they get that relationship going. It's money that geez, I, I got to, I got to, you know, it's better than no money, whatever. And they're willing to do all that. But the pain that people pay for, for working with somebody that doesn't fit their profile is intense. It's probably not even worth in the long run worth the, worth the money. Well, the emotional devaluation of themselves. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is if you work with somebody who's not in your ideal client profile, and you're willing to devalue yourself oh, to yeah. do what they want to do or what they're asking them to do, they're not going to look at you as a value set. They're going to look at you as just a means to an end the cheapest way possible. So by being proactive, you're actually creating a greater value in the mindset of your client because mm-hmm. they're saying, okay, this person is telling me how the game's going to go and either I'm going to trust them or I'm not. And, and if I trust you, then all of a sudden I've given you that, that position of authority that you have, right? So if I'm, if you're my doctor and I've got something wrong with me and I come in and I don't do what you say, I may as well not go to the doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I love it. That's great stuff. I, 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 um, some of this is intuitive and I'm sure a lot of listeners say, I kind of know that, but, but you guys are are super intentional about this process. It's not just, Oh, you know, it happens a little bit because I've kind of, I, I know some stuff, but you guys are intentional. Both of you sound very intentional about how this 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 aspect of of how you work with your clients how you even select your clients you're 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 basically being reactive proactively well i think it's the difference of being mediocre or great or being great or world class you know we can all have basic skill sets but it's what we do with it that's going to propel us through life or not propel us as the case may be mm. It's, it's interesting to me because I'm I keep on going back to thinking about how you know working with a real estate client and they and they come on and you're right like we're trying to figure out in the very beginning like is this person a good fit for me and then at the same time I'm trying to uh, I am very prepared for that initial conversation yeah and so I can be so prepared for that initial conversation that I'm reading body language clues I'm reading all these other things and I'm trying to figure out what makes this person tick and how can I best serve this person and then I'm trying to also make sure that I'm giving them the proper perspective that they need. And because that launching point of that initial conversation is so important to make sure that we take the first right step towards that goal. And then that way, I did say, you know, I do. We have a very, we have a proven process, but that process does have some divergence that happens, you know. But because of we follow the process map and because I'm in tune to what my client is, to your point, Michael, I'm able to stay a couple steps ahead of where they are so that if there's a pothole in that path, I can fill the pothole. You know, we can we have a way to overcome the obstacle and predict what's gonna what could be a problem. And then we always tell our clients that we want to make those. We you know buying a house can be uh, or buying or selling a house can be an extremely emotional experience if it's not controlled. 
And so we always tell our people that we want to make um, very we want to make emotional decisions before they become emotional. We want to decide how we're going to react before we're in the emo- in the heat of the moment and make sure that we have a game plan to overcome the obstacles that are coming up and and, uh, and we got to be very careful not in a way that uh, that expresses fear or concern that something might be going wrong, but more that exp- that displays confidence in that hey we've got the we've got the right way to kind of overcome whatever comes our way this is really interesting stuff to me and and so um in my life i think one of the ways this shows up for me is i do i do a lot of training a lot of presenting and in the beginning when i'm learning a new script or a new a new presentation my my intention is to be able to exactly deliver what i what i want to do so i got a script i've got some slides and i want to exactly deliver the message right so in the beginning it's about being precise as i get comfortable with that then my preparation in that in that work allows me to i'm now a master so once i've mastered the stuff then i can i can i can be a little bit flexible i can move some things around i can pay attention where the crowd's at and i can i can be be flexible with the content that i have but then there's even a third level which i you know i, I kind of it's it's um I think now I'm going to start calling it being proactively reactive, and that is where I can be creative. So I'm so prepared, and I've got I'm so grounded in it. I can I can really begin to say, okay, not only do I know how to move this stuff around, but there's a new thought that I want to share with people because it's relevant for them in this moment, based on who they are, what's going on, and and that's really the level of preparation that that allows you, I think, to be proactively reactive at the, the highest level. Is when you are so prepared that you're comfortable. If you're if you're not sure exactly how how to do something if you're not you're not grounded in the work then then i think you're on your heels and it's harder you're, you're more you're a lot more you're, you're way over on the reactive side right but but when you get to this point where you guys are talking about this proactive reactive it's 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 a different mindset it's a different you're it's much easier isn't it i for me it's easier to present at that position when, when i'm up in front of the stage i love doing it if i'm not fully prepared i'm scared to death absolutely and and let's just say worst case scenario happens when you prepare as ultimately as you can prepare and your presentation still bombs. You know, you don't have control of that outcome. You, you don't have control over if the audience is going to receive you well and walk away from this. But if you have prepared as well as you can prepare, you can walk away from that and say, independent of what the results were, I did the best that I could absolutely do. So that's like, so can I ask you guys a couple more questions? Cause sure. I, I'm, I, I like how you guys are going to go in here and I frankly don't have any of my own ideas today. <laughs> Um, which may not be unusual. Mike is a leader, right? So you lead other people, right? Your, your business and you know what it takes to be successful as a realtor, especially, you know, given your culture and given the value you want to create as a company, how do you help your, your people become more proactive, reactively proactive in this context, right? How do you help them learn and grow in that area? You know, it's a, it's usually takes for them to kind of get knocked off their heels a little bit and it doesn't feel good to be reactive. Right. Mm-hmm. So when they experience the negativity, the, the, the downside of, of being reactive, and it shows up in a couple of different ways. Either someone's able, if you're reactive, going back to the chess analogy, if someone's playing chess and they don't know you're reactive, they're going to set you up to do exactly what they want you to do so they can take advantage of a situation. And that's more so in like the negotiation side, probably more than anything else. But it could also be working with the client side. Like it's a delicate balance when we're working with the client where we're in control of the process, but the client feels like they're very actively engaged. And even the client might even feel like they're leading the process, even though we know that we're the ones who are really kind of steering the ship. So the, those delicate kind of moments, usually they're going to have to get burned once or twice to kind of feel, see what it feels like 
on the negative side, and then we can kind of go to work. It's like, okay, well, this is how we avoid this happening. Don't you think something? No, I just get burned, or you have to, you have to fail a little bit. Sure. Because it's gonna, it's it's a learning process. Yeah, failure requires required to learn. Get better at your craft. Yeah, no. The reason I made that face, Mike, I didn't want you to stop talking. I just, I just had this insight about um, what you were saying, and that there's a tight, loose. approach you guys have here. Your clients, and I think this is probably true you too, Kristen, your clients don't know that you're you're kind of moving them in a direction. Correct. Because you're anticipating just a moment beforehand what the decision that needs to be made is, and you're setting up the the, the decision in such a way that they're going to make the right decision most often, right? Now, they feel like they're, they're driving the process. I'm making the decisions, but you're guiding them with the right choices and the right information to make the right decision. So it's kind of like tight, loose process like that. And that takes a mastery. I mean, that takes that takes a comfort with what you're doing so that you can be proactive. Because when we talk about reactivism, people think that's a negative thing. Being reactive, it kind of has that negative connotation. But you're anticipating what's just going to happen next. And you're reacting to the future, which is which is what it's what I mean, it might be. We might. It's just a version of being proactive, but it's but it's reacting to what's going to happen. So it's still it's it's kind of this interesting look at at preparing yourself, not not forcing something reacting to what's going to happen, but it's the future. And, and it's, I, I just, I'm so taken by this concept, Kristen, because you know, Mike talks about his, his team. When you're working with a client, how do you, how do you help them understand how to be more proactively reactive? How, how do you do that on a one-to-one coaching basis? Again, it's all unique and it depends on the, the, the client, but there are patterns that are consistent across conversations, across personalities. So, you know, we have all these data points that if, if we are paying attention to, it will allow us to, to make those adjustments. How do you help your clients see that though? Cause I see that as a coach, you're doing that cause you're seeing patterns in the conversation cause you do a million coaching conversations. It's putting the spotlight on things. So for instance, if, if they're always being reactive, if they're always chasing that ball, they're always chasing that client, they're always chasing the phone call, they're always chasing their email. That, so you're talking about me now. Pretty much, yes. (laughs) But in any event, if we can point out things about how they can proactively react to things that are going to get thrown at them, you're always going to have clients that are going to be wanting your attention. You don't have to react to them in the moment. You can react to them in your own time in the context of helping them, but being more proactive to their what they're going to need. Yeah, so you're kind of thinking a step ahead for them, and I get that with your clients. So how so do we help your clients? Because this is my big, and so I'm putting you on the spot, Kristen, because I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. That's and okay. I, the reason I'm asking it is I don't, I don't always have a clear picture of of that because to me, to me, there's a there's a mastery. So if I bring it back to training, you, you've got to you've got to know. The, the script. You've got to know the agenda. You've got to know the messages, right? You've got to know that stuff to be, deliver good training. So I get that, right? And then I understand okay, so how I, I, think I, I understand how that answer. experience goes in, but that's because I've done it. How do you help somebody who's like, so, okay, you got me. If you make them aware of the things that they react to after the fact, mm-hmm. and again, there's going to be patterns. Mm-hmm. There's going to be habits that, that they, they deal with day in and day out. Okay. And if you can help them to start to become aware of those things they're always becoming reactive to, they can prepare in advance for some of those things that they know are going to show up eventually. They don't know when they're going to show up. They don't know why they're going to show up. They will show up at some point and they'll have some preparation to deal with it then. Can I ask one more leading leading question? Because I think I, I 
figured out the answer to the question I was asking because yes. what you just said. So you work from, you have your clients work with a plan, right? Yes. They, typically they have some goal and some act, action plan. Yes. Um, and so when you're not just telling them uh, be proactively reactive about everything, no, you right? Have to be intentional. It's it, and it's the stuff that's in their plan, right? So when something doesn't happen in their plan, right? A conversation doesn't go well. So they have a meeting and it doesn't go well. Mm -hmm. Or so you're going to dig into those, those key actions and those key behaviors in which being proactively reactive is most beneficial. So you're not trying to say be, act, be that way about everything. You're actually looking at their, their, their economic engine or their value model. And you're precisely focused in on that. So if you're listening to this and you have a, you have an approach to how you create value for your clients and create revenue for your business, there's some core actions or key actions that drive most of those results. It's a Pareto rule, right? There's a few actions, 20% of the actions drive 80% of your results. You're focused on that 20%, helping them understand how to be proactively reactive in those 20%. Is that what you're saying? Or did I just put words in your mouth and you're just going to disagree with me? No, those, I think you, you did put your words in my mouth. But... <laughs> so, but I, I don't know. Cause I, no, I don't, I, th I think you said it well, I think that kind of sums that up. You know, we were talking off air about after action reviews. That's a way to be proactively reactive. You have to for react the next time. Yeah, for the next time. It may not be in the moment, but it's it's another nuance of. It's how you hone your process. That's how you hone that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And that's that, that's always evolving. I mean, that's the thing about it is that the process is, you know, like for example, our process has got to evolve with the with the market. Um, our process has got to be able to take in some certain variables and be able to assess those variables and make the adjustment that we need to in the process so that it still works, but that we're staying true to the process that we also know is effective and, and it works. And so I look at it like we have, a, you know, like a superhero, like Batman has his utility belt. I've got all these tools and I need to be able to have in the process, I need to be able to know when to pull out which tool and to be able to apply that, either that concept that, or, or whatever it might be in the right moment, in the right time, and just make sure that, you know, I, I might not have, I don't like to, I, like, for example, I don't like to have things scripted out at all. I like to know that I have all these tools available to me and I can kind of pick off the shelf what I need in the, in the moment and use it that way. But it does, it takes a, t a ton of awareness of your, of the situation. It takes awareness of the person you're dealing with. Uh, you have to really understand your client. I mean, that's one of the things that I innately do really well is I try to make sure that I, I get to know these people so that when we are going through this process, I can experience it. I can intentionally try to look at it through their lens and through their perspective and make sure that we're making the adjustments that we need to that serve them. And sometimes it serves them in the way that they don't realize, like the, what they don't recognize, because I'm the professional. You know, you might think you need this, but you really need you know, this over here that happens. Even though you don't want to be scripted, Mike, you have a process that you are deliberately practicing every hour of every day to be the best that you can be for your clients. Right. And then for my agents, I teach them the process, but then we teach them how to put their personality into the process mm -hmm. and how to make that, how to adapt that process. So it's, it becomes their process and not just my process because they're only going to execute my process. To a certain degree, well, yeah. they have to have ownership what you're over it. Is, they can't be you. Right. You can only be the best that you can be. You know, if I try to be somebody else, I'm not going to be nearly as good right. as, as that person. And there's some phenomenal coaches out there that I would really love to model myself after and be exactly like them. And I can't be because I'm not them. I love it. All right, we got so, to so, wrap this one up, actually. Yeah, I know. So just as a kind of 
So what I'm hearing you both say, there's just certain patterns you're aware of in your work. And that, that, those, that pattern recognition comes from preparation and understanding not only what you're trying to do, but also just, just having a very clear picture of how the process flows and the experience and seeing that, right? So you, you can see the patterns and the patterns allow you to act before the pattern comes to fruition. So you see this, this thing, potentially this pothole you described might come in, you can see that in the, in the, in the and, you, and you make sure that that pothole gets smoothed over before the car actually gets there. And, and I like that kind of proactive reactivism you, you coined, Kristen, because I think this is, this is a, a, an ability to react to what's going to happen. Even before the person you're talking to knows it's happening, you're you're kind of one step ahead and you're guiding and leading that way. As opposed to trailing your client, you're leading your client. And that's a powerful tool for leaders and coaches and, and for parents. Yeah, and so look, if you're in reactive mode all the time, you're gonna get exhausted. You're gonna quit doing what you're gonna do or what you've been doing. You're just gonna be mediocre at best. That's gonna be the best picture you're gonna be painting for yourself. So if I was gonna, if you were gonna give our clients advice, cause I think that's how we can wrap this up. So to me, my thoughts on this would be to prepare before the, the important process you're gonna go through. So Mike, I know that, that you have done a million house sales or at least, at least a couple hundred thousand sales of houses. Um, and in that preparation, you, you have a lot of experience, but you also prepare before you meet a client for the first time, there's a preparation you go through. So there's preparation is key to this, to mm -hmm. be able to be prepared enough to be creative because creativity is coming into this. It's you're, you're paying attention to what's happening and you're reacting before things happen. So you're, you're, you're in the moment, but you're able to be in the moment because you're so prepared. And then there's this process of after the event, you guys kind of do a review. Even if it's not a formal review, you pay, what, what just happened? What could I have done differently? So that the next time you're even more prepared for those, those circumstances. So to me, if I was just gonna boil this down, it's preparation and then paying attention after the event and, and, and kind of just thinking through what you could have done differently and to be even more effective than you were. Is that fair to say? I, well, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's also just making sure that you have the right tools and, and you understand when to use those tools. And, I, and the one other thing I oh. want to say about the pothole thing, whether it's whatever profession you're in, financial services, you know, real estate, doesn't matter. If we fill that pothole for our clients and don't make them aware that we filled the pothole, you basically undersell your value right then and there. And that's yeah. a, it's a yeah. very tough thing to do because you don't want to be like, you know, I did this, I did that. You know, it's got to be like, hey, I just want to let you guys know there was this issue. We took care of it. You know, you all probably didn't even notice anything, but this this kind of came up and it was all taken care of. It was all under control. But they they just they need to know that they don't know what they don't know. So if you leave it blank, they don't know how well you're serving them unless you make them aware of of what happened in a certain way. And Mike, to add to that point, um, I had a client one time who he went through his first twelve week year and he just missed his goal just by a little bit. He's really jazzed about it though, really, because he had got better results than he, he'd gotten. You know, he had a big stretch goal. Second 12 week year, he blew it out of the water. Mm -hmm. His third 12 week year, he quadrupled what he did in an annualized year and said, thanks for all your help. See you later. I don't need you anymore. Okay. That's fair. But let me ask you a question. I've had so many people in my life tell me that. <laughs> but listen, listen, in the spirit of baseball, you just won the World Series. You're going to fire the coach that got you there, helped you get you there, helped you refine your craft to win that World Series? Well, the Bulls did with Phil Jackson. Well. but yeah. yeah, well, but that's why you don't <laughs> see the Bulls in the playoffs. That's right. That's why the Bulls would dropped off, right? To the tools that we have available, Align Life Pro, join our community, our downloadable resources, 
putting you in peer groups. We have tools, resources, ideas that can really help you take things to the next level. So we want you to join our, our. And the other thing you were saying, I think is once they start working, don't stop using them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then I think these are also just good conversations that happen within the community that, Hey, I've, I'm experiencing this situation and you can learn from the perspective of other people who have been in the exact same situation before. And that's, that's the power of the community. Uh, it's something we tap into at our office too. You know, if an, if an agent's in a situation for the first time, chances are someone in our office has been in that same situation and we can kind of give some sort of insight of how to prepare and get ready for that. We actually talk about those things every week. And so that, that community piece of helping each other learn from each other's mistakes and learn from each other's experiences is really important. Yeah. And it's so important to be prepared. So pay attention to what's happening in the conversations, pay attention and, 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 and pay attention to what you kind of know and take advantage of that act proactively to what you think is going to happen next. And I think that's a, a, the key lesson to take away from this is in the moment, pay attention and react to what you think is going to happen. All right. Well, uh, you can find us at alignlifepro.com. Uh, make sure you're looking, if you're interested in joining a community, we have the Ascenders. We would love to add you to our Ascenders list of, of people who are trying to get better and trying to achieve unbelievable results by uh, being very intentional about aligning their personal and professional life towards what they want. Click on our website for more information, which Allison has done a great job kind of revamping. So thank you, Allison. Always, I think thank we need you, to Allison. do, we actually need to do a better job too. Like we need to give shout outs to Allison, Andrew and Robin uh, because they really continue to keep us on the up and up and moving us forward. And we couldn't do this without them. So now, I, and you know, people always say that in the case, this is true. true of those three folks. I mean, they are just stellar and we wouldn't be where we are without them. And I mean that completely, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's great. We're blessed to have them on the team. We are. And sometimes the three of us are like herding cats <laughs> and um, those three interns have gotten good at keeping us on pace, on track. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of us are more catty than others. Though. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time on Align Life Pro.